making sales social is leading with curiosity. People are trying to fight and make their points or just shove things down people's throats. And I'm here like, no, lead with curiosity, right? Like, oh, why do you believe that? Oh, that's interesting. Why do you say that? And really try and get to know the other person. Because one thing I have found with a lot of our clients that we do sales training for, and even when I was training my team, there were two things I had to constantly say all the time. Listen and respond. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients, so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. I am truly, truly, truly excited for my conversation today with Amanda Abea. She is a award-winning content creator, keynote speaker, and business coach who specializes in helping business owners activate their persuasion prowess so that they can make more money and live a more affluent life. Her clients go from hating sales and marketing to achieving 90% close rates and closing multiple five-figure deals. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Business Insider, Univision, and many more. Prior to teaching marketing and sales, Amanda spent a decade as a financial writer and wrote content for companies like Wells Fargo, Discover, Credit Karma, Santander, and more. She's also partnered with companies like Capital One and TransUnion <laughs> in financial education campaigns. She's also the Amazon bestselling author of Make Money Your Honey and has created a community of over 60,000 people across social media channels. So why am I so excited to have Amanda here? I spoke with Amanda a couple of weeks ago, and I have now hired her and her company to do for me what she is doing for her. And now I'm excited to share what that is with all of our listeners. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you how much I love. As soon as we met, I was like, yes, women who understand sales and understand the assignment. It's like we automatically connect when we find other women who get it. <laughs> yeah. And oh my gosh, do you get it? And I am so excited to share your insights. But before we jump into that, we ask all of our clients one question, which is what does making sales social mean to you? I have a really good answer that you're going to love. I think making sales social is leading with curiosity. You're right. I love that. And here's why. There's I was th- I was contemplating this on the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you've noticed this. You hang out on LinkedIn, so maybe you're not seeing it as much as I do. But I started noticing how people's black and white thinking, either or thinking, is really screwing them over in business, in sales, and in life in general. So there's a lot of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and there's mm. a lot of going to extremes. Um, To the point where five people said to me that, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't do marketing. Marketing is bad. And I'm like, what? This makes no sense. Now, the thing that's interesting is you see people like fighting, right? So what you'll see on social media is a lot of people fighting in the comments and trying to make their point. They try and do the same thing in sales Mm -hmm. and in marketing. People are trying to fight and make their point or just shove things down people's throats. And I'm here like, no, lead with curiosity, right? Like, oh, why do you believe that? 
Oh, that's interesting. Why do you say that? And really try and get to know the other person. Because one thing I have found with a lot of our clients that we do sales training for, and even when I was training my team, there were two things I had to constantly say all the time, listen and respond. Because people have also had a very hard time listening because they're not curious and they're not curious because they're taking everything as a personal attack. That's an aha moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as salespeople, we're always, we want to be right because we think we can't make a sale unless we're proving that we're right. Exactly. And we take rejection as a personal attack the same way that people are taking some sort of disagreement on social media as a personal attack. And then people start making blanket statements like sales is bad. (laughs) Marketing is bad. Don't do it. And it's like, but you won't have a business. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) Well, you know, if you really care about helping that prospect, you are not giving them a cookie cutter pitch. Yeah. You're finding out what matters to them. And if you're not truly curious, then you're not truly there to help them. Yeah. There's actually someone I'm training now and um, I'm helping them with their, I'm helping them with sales skills. We're going to be helping you with your automations and systems. And um, I was reviewing a sales call and I was like, we didn't get to a real objection. It was one of those things like, oh, can you send me more information? And they were like, well, how do I respond? And I'm like, well, we got nothing. So here's how, what we have to say in order to get something. And then I can tell you what's going on here. We got to figure out what really matters to them or along the lines of curiosity. When I listen to calls, sometimes I can pick up on people's emotions and inflections on their tone of how they're saying things. And because we're not listening, because we're so wrapped up in our own heads, We miss stuff like that. Like, oh, when they were talking about this particular thing about their marketing not getting through, they sounded really pissed. I probably need to figure out why they sound pissed. But because people are not leading with curiosity because they're wrapped up in their heads because they're stressed out about money, we can go on a whole thing about that. They're missing things. Yeah, what an aha moment. Because I think it's human nature, at least from my experience with salespeople over decades and decades is we think we have to convince them of of buying from us. Mm -hmm. And so when we're coming from that perspective, we're attached to what that prospect is worth to us. We're not attached to what we are worth to them. Yep. Right. And when we can shift then, and, and a big piece of this, I'm now like pulling together is curiosity because you can't help them until you know what matters. So I love that. Yeah. And it also helps with people's fears about like, I don't want to be pushy. I'm like, well, if you're curious, you're not pushy. Right. Pushy is pitching too soon. Yeah. Pushy is shoving something down someone's throat. Mm. That's not what we're doing. We're trying to find out what the actual problem is so we can solve the problem. So yes, curiosity is, I think, currently my favorite answer to that question. (laughs) Thank you. I'm doing lots of firsts here, Bryn. The first person you hired on your podcast was favorite answer. (laughs) I know. It's so cool. I love it. Love it. Um, Okay. So let's, let's talk about a little bit around the fear that people have when it comes to sales and or marketing, right? There's there, because they are two buckets, both with the goal of business development, but to talk first about sales, why are people afraid? Yeah. 
It's interesting because I've seen people lash out against sales for a long time, but recently is when I've seen them lash out against marketing. And I was like, oh, that's new. I'm curious. I wonder why they're doing that. Uh, But it's basically, I've come to the conclusion, the same reason why they lash out against sales and they're afraid of it because everybody's a bit on the receiving end of bad sales and they don't want to be a victim. They've been a victim and they don't want to be that guy. So they make all these assumptions about what sales is. And because they've never been properly trained, they can't tell that whatever was done to them wasn't actually sales. Oh, I'm getting mic drop moments here. That's like this kind of moment, right? Like, why are they afraid of it? Because they've been victims of what they thought sales is. Yeah. But it's not what it's supposed to be. Talk to me about what it's supposed to be. It's really just supposed to be about solving people's problems and getting paid for it. We're all solving problems all day long. It's just salespeople get paid to solve people's problems (laughs) all day long. They get a commission uh, for it. It really is... um, You know, I think sales is this great thing where you really learn how to communicate and you really learn how to just engage with other humans, which I think is a big part of what's going on now, too. I think there's an added element that we're dealing with right now, which is humans are afraid of other humans. What are they afraid of? Are they afraid of rejection? Are They're they- afraid of rejection. They're afraid of coming off as that. I think it's mostly rejection, but I think I don't know. There's been some like weird conditioning between social media and everything we've been through in terms of isolation and stuff like that, where I'm getting the feeling that people have gotten kind of like shut down. Um, And it's also being on the receiving end of bad sales, right? Because I, I did a post the other day and I was like, you can't shut down to everybody who DMs you just because the three people before you didn't know what they were doing. So what's going on is like people are... Again, it's throwing that baby out with the bathwater where they're shutting down. Or another common trend I'm seeing, maybe not on LinkedIn, but this is what's going on on Facebook, which is, uh, I don't know, the whole internet has introverts thinking that they're broken, can't talk to people and can't sell. Most people are introverts. So there are a lot of very successful sales introverts. Yes. I was just on a networking call of podcasters and they're like, yeah, we're all introverts. Yeah. Well, so it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the definition of an extrovert is I do lots of training and networking and I'm with a lot of people. And when I leave, I have more energy. It fed mm-hmm. me. And an yeah. introvert is, okay, I need a nap. Pretty much. Right. So that doesn't change how you are with people. It just changes how you deal with it after you're with people. Right. And I'm an ambivert. It depends on where I'm at, who I'm with. Like it, it changes, you know, mm-hmm. part of my cycle I'm on. I mean, <laughs> well, it, it, ju- it might be what feeds you and what doesn't, right? Yeah. What, if you're inspired, you're probably leaving with energy. With and a it- lot more energy versus if I'm just exhausted right? Because I'm not inspired. I'm just tired then, or I didn't, I didn't feel fed by it then. Yeah. It's like, you know, Thanksgiving is good until you've eaten too much and then it's uncomfortable. There you go. Yes. So I don't know. I'm a food person. Um, So I I just want to go and I want to mention something that I'm getting now from a marketing perspective. So we talked about why sales is uncomfortable or people are afraid of it. But I'm getting a lot of messages right now that I'm putting this to the top. I know you're busy. You haven't seen my message. There's no Mm -hmm. other message except they want me to scroll down and see their previous message that I chose to ignore. 
Mm -hmm. And I now am just unsubscribed as soon as they do that, because Mm -hmm. to me, it's about them. There's nothing in there that's a value to me. So talk to me about why people, why you're hearing now, people are afraid of marketing, what they're doing wrong and what they should be doing right. Yeah, I guess in terms of marketing, it's similar. Like people just feel like they're being manipulated. It's being very aggressive. There's a lot, at least in marketing, especially with the tech stuff, is like, oh yeah, those fake countdown timers that aren't really countdown timer. Mm-hmm. I think people have just caught on to the game. And what's co- right. become very interesting is I've been talking about this for years, Bryn. For years, I was like, this is all gonna get exposed. It's all gonna come down. You guys really need to learn some sales skills. You can't get away with Facebook ads, good looks and charm anymore. You need to actually know what you're doing when we get into recessionary times. And I've been saying that since 2020. And I guess we didn't feel it because, you know, the market got flooded with water, but now we're like with money, like it was water, but now we're feeling it. So I've been on several podcast interviews this week where they're like, yeah, you know, it's just a harder market. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I've been telling everybody for two years that, you know, time's ticking on getting away on personality, good looks and charm. So what do they need to do now? What makes marketing successful in today's world? Oh, I just posted about this. Um, I think there's a couple things. I think number one, have a damn opinion about something and be okay with people not agreeing with you. It's totally okay. If people don't agree with you, it is not a personal attack. Love that. And I have a story when you're done with your things, I'm going to come back to. The second thing, and I just posted about this earlier today, I was talking with one of our, our partners and I had noticed something, but she said something along the lines of a lot of people feel like they have secrets right? And that because they have secrets, then they can't be fully themselves when they're marketing. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, in sales, if there's some sort of elephant in the room, you just call out the elephant in the room first, get it over with and move on. Mm-hmm. But but people feel that they don't realize that they can also do that in their marketing. So I gave the example of back in my finance days, I got hired to be a keynote speaker at a big insurance company that if I said the name, everyone would know. Um, And I was a keynote and they hired me because like the employees were not investing in the 401k was a thing. Amanda, get in their minds, get them to invest in the 401k. And I was like, well, I have to disarm them first. Otherwise they're just going to think I'm just like some financial expert here to scold them and do boring presentations or slides. So what I did, I literally opened up this way. I said, I have debt. I have credit card debt. I just called myself out for having credit card debt. And then I swear to you, Bryn, their shoulders went from like up here, all nervous. Like, what is this financial expert going to tell us? My boss made me do this, blah, 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 to, uh, She's one of me. She's one of me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the second thing is have an opinion, put the elephant out in the room, just up front. Be authentic. Just be off that. And that's the other thing is when you put your secrets out, you don't have to pretend to be somebody you're not. Yeah. I love that. So is there a third one or, or, well, the third one I would just say is frequency and consistency, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, people out here aren't even consistent in, in their marketing. I'm trying to get on live streams and videos every day. There's a reason for that because I know it's going to build a lot more trust. Yeah. And that seeing you over and over again, they feel like they know you like, Oh yeah. No, I have people who wonder where I am if they don't see me on a live stream at this point. I love that. I think that's awesome. So I just want to tell you a quick story that totally aligns with your number one. Uh, We're going back probably four or five years ago. There were four guys. I'm 
friendly with most of them now. I mean, I know them well now. The lead was Jeb Blunt from Sales Gravy. And Mm -hmm. they did a video on how LinkedIn and social selling is awful. So I publicly called out Jeb and said, I want to debate you on your podcast. And he took me up on that and then broke it up into... Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. What, what my podcast into a lesson sold it and sent me tons of money that he made from my lesson. All because you didn't take it as a personal attack and had an opinion. And oh my gosh, you guys had a debate. You didn't agree. It was okay. Nobody died. It wasn't. <laughs> and, and and I have a friend and, you know, he'll still, he still teaches. I mean, he's absolutely incredible, prolific sales. That's It's a learning system. And it's incredible. My stuff's on it now. That's so cool, right? Yeah. So it, it was great. I didn't take it personally, but I wanted the debate and he was open to it. And it just, and now, you know, I have relationships with a lot of these guys, but it was so fun. So your point number one is own it, be okay with it. Not only don't take it personally, but don't attack back. Just say, hey, yeah, I- why would you do that? Because I think it's human nature. Yeah, I think our egos get in the way. It's interesting. I shared a friend's post that I know her very well um, or well enough. And it was amazing how pissed people got in the comments from me, from the post itself. And what I thought was so fascinating was the assumptions they were making about another person without even knowing them. Just from one sentence on Facebook. Yeah, it's the world we live in. And I mean, yeah, and we need to cut calm down and come back to we need to calm that everybody stability. needs to smoke some weed or take some <laughs> CBD or whatever, right? And just calm down. <laughs> yeah, come back to civility. I yeah. could not agree more. Sales taught me how to do that though. And that's why I love sales because when you're in sales, I mean, you have to deal with all kinds of people all the time. My first sales job, as I affectionately call it, I was fundraising and asking for people on this Miami beach on the street for money. I got called all kinds of stuff. And I also made a lot of money. Right. Right. You know, when I worked in recruiting, my gosh, recruiters will all tell you, like you see everything there is to see about human nature in recruiting. So you just don't take it as personally anymore. Yeah. And if your goal is really to do what's right for the person on the other side of the table, you can feel good about that. You know, yeah. you, can, you can't do what's right for everybody. But if if you're if your good intentions is to solve a problem and make money do it versus I'm here to make a sale and you're authentic and that takes you back to curiosity. That ta- yep. you know, then then what you're doing is solving a problem. It's not about making a commission. That's just the benefit in the back end. That's an interesting point that you make because a lot of times people will confuse persistence and passion for pushiness because they don't know the difference. I love that. So they they get pushy, but they're not being persistent and they're not being passionate. And because they're not being persistent and passionate, the deal's not getting done. I love that. Yeah. So how does someone 
get over that because that's part of being afraid, right? That's part of being afraid. You need to, I honestly, you need to get sales training and understand the psychology of what's going on and what sales actually is. Because I'll get pushback from clients when I'm training them on the skills and they're like, I'm afraid of sounding pushy. And I'm like, does it sound pushy when you just like plug these things into a spreadsheet and show someone the numbers of what's available for them and you're just solving their problem? Well, no. Okay. (laughs) Or they'll even say things like, um, this was interesting because I'm sure you know this, we could get really nitty gritty with sales stuff, like even the languaging that you use in sales conversations. So I'll be like, okay, well, instead of being like, oh, okay, well, tell me what you think about this. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. no, we're going to start acting like closers, but we're going to be like looking forward to helping you solve this problem. I'm so excited to help you get this solution. When would you like to get started? And they're like, that's pushy. And I'm like, is it? No, they have a problem. They're upset. I heard it on the call. You so have I would almost said problem. I would almost say you have an obligation. Yeah. You've identified they have a problem that you can solve. You have an obligation to give them the opportunity to solve that with you. Right. And then the other thing people don't understand, and I I teach this and they're like, and every time I say it on a podcast, people are like, I've never heard this. I'm like, I'm the only one who teaches it. Come join our sales training, Um, which is the difference between passive, assertive and aggressive. This changed my life. I actually found this when I was a writer. I was writing for a big personal development company. I was ghostwriting for them in my first business. Didn't apply to sales until way, way later. And it was the difference between, um, so when you're passive, what that is, is you value yourself less than the person you're speaking to. So in sales, that'll sound like, oh, if they say like, oh, send me more information. You and I both know that's a stall. It doesn't mean anything, but you'll be like, okay. (laughs) And then they ghost you. Um, or, you know, this is our price, but for you, I'll do this. Or they go into the overselling. Before they okay. ask for a discount, you're discounting. Before they ask for a discount, you're discounting. Um, if you even ask for money, because that's that's a whole other thing. How many salespeople don't even go in for a close? That's a whole other thing. Aggressive is when you value yourself more than the person you're speaking to. So an example of that would be, this would be me on the receiving end of bad sales. And the irony is I was speaking to a sales agency. Oh God, it was horrible. Um, so basically I said what I wanted and they're like, oh, well, we don't do that here. And I'm like, okay, well, let me finish. (laughs) And clearly you didn't Google what I do, um, because you would, okay. Um, and, and so I finished and they're like, well, you know, we don't do that here, blah, blah, blah. Basically telling me that I was wrong and what I wanted doesn't exist. And I'm like, I have a roster of clients who are what I'm looking for. They just have their own business anyway. And then I was like, well, do you have referrals? It's arrogance, arrogance, right? Well, do you have referrals? No, I don't know anybody. And then they're like, well, I don't think we're a good fit to work together. And I said, I agree. I don't think we're a good fit to work together. They did not like that. (laughs) This is the first time in the whole sales process you've agreed with them. I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't like it. And then they went into what I call peacocking. Right. Which is the whole like, well, we only work with this kind of people and blah, blah, blah. This is what we do. I was like, bye. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how are you a sales agency? And you just broke every rule of sales in the first 10 minutes. And you clearly did not Google me. Arrogance. Arrogance. Right. So that's the aggressive stuff. The Mm -hmm. aggressive stuff is 
you know, I see stuff like this where it's like, oh, well, are you going to let $4,000 stand in the way of your dreams? And I have seen this in sales scripts that clients have brought to us that they've learned in other places. That's I'm like, that, a, that's that. Yeah. Go ahead. What keeps you up at night? Yeah. I that's need- pushy. That's pushy and aggressive. What I teach people how to do is be direct, but because we as a society have a problem with directness <laughs> that we think it's pushy because we don't know the difference. Yeah, but if you have if your intentions are to truly help them, you have an obligation to find out what they need help with. Right. Somebody says it's too expensive. I totally hear you. It's too expensive. I agree. This is insane. We hear it from people all the time. Get the elephant out of the room, out of the way. Uh, let me ask you if that is that the only thing standing in the way of you moving forward today or alternate question. If this was within your budget, would you do it right now? And you're testing them. Great. On a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about this? Then you go find out what the real problems are. Right. But people are like, that's aggressive. No, it's not. (laughs) But once they understand it, right, then they're like, oh, and then usually the response that I get is like, is it really that simple? And I say, yes. But, you know, we have this idea that if people are selling, they must have done something nefarious. And then on top of that, we have all this stuff about money Mm -hmm. in our heads, which then causes us to overcomplicate the whole thing. Making (laughs) money must everything. Making money must be hard. If they made a lot of money, they must have done something wrong. If it was easy, they must have done something nefarious. Uh, For me, I had a giant trauma response after my first six-figure month. I I triggered ancestral trauma because my family fled communism. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's a whole other podcast for another time. Um, But I had all these, for me, it was like subconscious programming that was keeping me stuck. So like I'm making a lot of money and it's triggering panic attacks and so, guilt. and guilt. That's exactly what it was. It was guilt. That's what it was triggering. And then panic attacks and then feeling like I had a target on my back. Cause that's what my family went through. So it's not only do we not have the, the training in sales. There's so, it goes so much deeper because a lot of our, our triggers and traumas around money, which everybody has them then get in the way and our egos start coming out in the sales process. And then they can't believe it's that simple. I'm like, yeah, it's because we've overcomplicated it because of everything we believe about money. <laughs> wow. I, that, that is, that's all a, a lifetime of learning what you've just yeah. kind of gotten to. So I think that's awesome. I have a couple more things I want to bring up. One of them I've heard you talk about women are more afraid than men in sales. Why is mm-hmm. that? Um, well, it's wild because women are better at it once they understand it. And the men we're know nurturers. Because we're nurturers, because we're naturally empathetic, right? So like we, the yeah. soft skills is a lot easier for us. Um, it, honestly, a lot of it just comes down to how we've been conditioned about money and work and power and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's really what it comes down to. Men are conditioned to like go out, be the firefighter or be the hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're more conditioned into be nice. Yeah. But we're also, if we can take that be nice along with the problem solver that we are naturally. Yeah. And and get over the fact that we're trading a service or a product for money, but we're solving a problem. Yep. I think we would rule the world. Yeah, I, I believe it. I mean, I've trained under some a lot of men in sales and they're all always telling me, Amanda, where are all the women? We're dying to get women in here. They would wipe the floor with us if they understood these things. I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> 
but there's yeah. a lot more resistance too. Yeah. I've no, yeah. There's a lot more resistance I've noticed because yeah. we, we value different things. We've been conditioned differently. So it just takes a little bit more massaging. Yeah. I'm part of a group called women sales pros. So you told me podcast, about it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to, we're yeah. going to get you, you connected there. My last question, and I could do this all day long, but we've already way gone over our normal time, which is fine because I'm having so much fun and I'm learning so much. What are the biggest mistakes that people are making with online selling? I'll tell you one. Okay. So um, they're doing things out of order. So for example, they'll start going into building. I I posted about this today that we have a funnel and our automated salesperson that we're going to be helping with. I woke up to four-figure sales on autopilot this morning. You know, um, you know, most of the high ticket sales activity is automated. We were telling you about that earlier. I can't um, wait. <laughs> I we're going to be doing this if, with you. because because then you can like I, this is like my tenth interview this week because I just don't have to be manually sending text messages and things anymore. Um, but the thing is, right? It takes time to get there. So what I posted was like, guys, this is tens of thousands of hours of data, of conversations like this, of practicing, of webinars, of marketing trainings, of sales trainings, of working through my own crap in my head, um, helping other people work through their crap in their head, testing, tweaking, you know, a lot of grunt work behind the scenes that nobody ever shows you while they're showing you their Instagram feed of them on a yacht or something, um, or traveling the world. There's a lot of grunt work. So I, um, so don't look at this post, right, of me celebrating and think that there's something wrong with you because you're not there yet. It just takes work. And what I find happening, and this has to do with the fear of sales, by the way, is that they will start, I'll talk to a woman making $5,000 a month. And she's like, I need all these automations. I'm like, no, you need to get to over six figures and pay someone else to build those automations. But they think that that's what they get it. But really, it's just a distraction. Because they're trying to do anything but talk to someone. Because they're trying to do anything but talk to someone. And when I've trained teams, it's like, great, sales activity today. Oh, well, you know, my email this. And, you know, then I I went to go work on a website. And then I worked on my funnel. And I'm like, no, no, no. First two hours every day, business development, all that other stuff can wait. Yeah. And I love that they're doing things in the wrong order, too. I don't love that they're doing it. I love that you brought it to my attention that they're doing it. And then they make themselves feel terrible. And then it's like this vicious cycle because they just don't have the data. And they're like, I should be a millionaire by now. And I'm like, no, this only has a one to 2% conversion. So, and they don't know that. So then what happens is they skip all like the organic sales stuff, all the people stuff that you and I know how to do. That's where the high conversion is. That's where the high conversion is. And also not realizing that when they do the people stuff and they've done it often enough and they've put in their reps, that's when they have the data to make the other stuff convert. I love that. Yeah. So you got to put your time in, period. Got to put in the reps, got to put in the time, got to do your 10,000 hours. No way around it. Well, I thank you. And I'm so excited to be working with you and your team, like beyond excited Um, And so I want to share that with the world. So one of the things that you offered was to download a free outbound sales script to turn social media followers into buyers. That link is in the show notes. Uh, And we're really, uh, I'm beyond excited. I think every once in a while, someone comes around with a new message that just lands with me. And you, you land, it lands with me. I love it. Well, you, you are a professional and you've been in sales a long time. So that means a lot. That means a lot to me. Cause I know at these levels in business, like you don't hire just anybody. Cause I don't hire just anybody. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited. And I'm glad to share what you're doing with our listeners. So Amanda, thanks for coming on. Well, obviously behind the scenes, continue this conversation, but go find Amanda Abea on LinkedIn. It's A-B-E-L-L-A on LinkedIn at go download the free sales script that's in the show notes. And when you guys are out and about, don't forget to make your sales social. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.